What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we are talking about weight loss again. Um, it was in one of our most popular episodes as we first started the podcast, so we decided to give it a little bit of a refresher, seeing how a lot of people tend to have it as a resolution for the new year. So we hope you guys stay tuned and learn a lot, and thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to this latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I am blessed, man. I am blessed. Happy New Year to all of you guys. You know, 2021 was a ride, and 2022, we got to make things happen this year. Listen, make things happen. I'm doing well. I started this year, well, I started this year with a big headache. <laughs> so I can say I started this year strong, bro. But I'm better now. Yeah. How about you, man? How are we, how are we feeling? Doing good, man. You know, I, like I was telling you before, I got a big test at the end of February. Uh, I got some some big moves that are that are going to be happening shortly after that. So I'm very excited to to keep on progressing through the new year. Um, but yeah, man, life is good. Um, I started New Year's with uh, what did I do? I had some pizza the night before. Uh, I was watching. Oh man, you know mm -hmm. what I was watching? I was yeah. watching the CNN crew. I don't know if you saw any videos of them for New Year's Eve. They usually they usually man, go crazy. On, on they they were wilding out, man. It was it was something fun to watch. It's listen. If there's a time to wild out, it's this it's this time because it was <laughs> it was a rough year. You know, you thought you were gonna have it light for 2021, but hey, still went. It was still tough. Still tough. It was man, still man. tough. <laughs> I don't know about you, bro, but I felt like I didn't feel like I went into a new year. I felt like it's a continuation of whatever we had before, and which is normally what it is, but it's usually, yeah. it has a different feel to it. You know, people mm -hmm. are more grateful. It's the new year. They're happy to be alive. This one rolled around, man. Listen, I was in, usually I go, I go out. Now I was in, I was on my couch watching Ted Lasso. Like I was, <laughs> I was just like doing like regular stuff for New Year's. I wasn't doing anything like grandiose or anything like that. That's why I didn't feel like a new year to me. But. No, I feel you, but that's a good that's thing, just you my know, experience. taking it in, in, in while relaxing and everything with, with your family. And that, that's what's up, though. That's nice. But um, today we're talking weight loss again. Um, we did our, this episode, I think one of our first 20 episodes was about weight loss. And it was one of our most popular ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were kind of thinking like, hey, it's the New Year's. A lot of people tend to have weight loss as a, uh, as a New Year's resolution. Um, so why not tackle it again? And we'll give you guys a little bit of a different perspective um, in our previous episode, which we'll have linked to in the description. Um, that podcast was really aimed at people who are um, maybe as part of a middle school, high school club team playing three to four, maybe five, six days a week. Um, today, we're going to talk about that again, but we're also going to give another angle on 
players who aren't playing three, four, five, six days a week, maybe players who are a little bit older playing once or twice a week or, um, you know, older adults or even people in college who they, they still play, but not on a consistent, regular basis. And their goal, for whatever reason, is to lose weight. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And yeah, anything else, Berg, you want to throw in before we go ahead? And no, start? that's it. That's it. You said everything. Let's get into it. Perfect. So let's, let's talk about BMI for a second, because this is something that gets measured almost on every single doctor's appointment. Mm. You know, before you walk in for your for your physical, they say, OK, step on the scale and then they measure your height at the same time. And then boom, out comes a number that determines um, if you're underweight, overweight, obese. Um, before we kind of get into like what BMI actually is, I'm curious, what has your perspective, like take yourself out of the physical therapy and, mm -hmm. and fitness world for a second. Before you kind of got into all that, what was your opinion on BMI? Like, what did it mean to you? Um, I didn't think nothing by it at that time. I just thought, okay, this is a cool formula to determine where I fall into the scales and use that information to figure out, listen, do I need to put on more weight or do I need to lose more weight? That's that's about all I, I, I thought about it. But, you know, it's just... That's just really all I thought about it. But if I had to be serious, you know, the BMI takes into account your weight and your height. So the people that are going to have a hard time with this are the people who, the people who are, you know, they're really tall. If you're really tall and you have a lot of muscle in you, uh, your BMI is not going to fall into the, 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 where it should be. Like if you take somebody like LeBron James, his BMI is going to be like crazy off the chart. He's going to be like obese, obese. But if you look at LeBron James, he's lean. Same thing. You take a guy like Lewandowski, Lewandowski, right? He's got, like you said before, he's got like mass, massive shoulders and he put on a little bit of more muscle the last two seasons. So his BMI is probably going to be um, slightly off that where it should be. So it's one of those things where you don't just take now that I have a little bit of knowledge about this, I would say if you're a player and you're looking to lose weight, don't just look at just the BMI as your primary tool for determining where you fall into uh, your weight. Because odds are if, you, if you're over six feet, it's... You're going. You're going to be. <laughs> it's. It's gonna be. It's not gonna get. It's not gonna be very accurate. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And as someone who who is above six feet, it's it's tricky, right? Because um, I've gone on on periods where you know I, I've lost. Like for example, when I left college, right? I, I was doing all sorts of things on the weekend mm -hmm. where I shouldn't be doing. And senior year of college. I left and I stepped on the scale. I was 220. Mm. I was like, yo, this is, this is a problem. Like my, my cheeks were visibly bigger. Oh my God. I didn't God. have my gut, but like, you know, I was, I felt heavy and slow. And, um, I think my BMI at that point was like 27 or so. And, um, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna cut 20, 30 pounds. And I did that over the summer and my BMI only dropped by like two points. I'm like, wait, what the mm. hell? Like, this is this is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of before I learned more about what BMI is and how it's actually calculated. And like you said, all it is is a measure of your weight and your height. Uh, more specifically, you take your your weight in kilos 
and then you divide that by your height in meters, but you square it. So it, it's a little complex, but that's kind of how you you get the BMI. Yeah. Um, but what it doesn't take into account is everything else. It doesn't take into first account of all, everything else. Everything else, right? Like just the general the width of your shoulders and your hips can really make a big, big change in your BMI Mm -hmm. because something's got to fill in there. Right. And just because, you know, you have wider hips or wider shoulders, that'll, it might make your BMI higher than, than somebody else's who doesn't have that, but that does that make you more unhealthy. No, like you you can't definitively say that. Um, Which is why I think that, Health and fitness, and especially primary care doctors, like if anybody can drive this, it's probably them. Um, I think we should move away from BMI. Everybody hates it. Nobody knows what it means to body fat percentage. Um, I don't know how it got, it, it really got popular, to be honest with you, because if you're looking at it, it's just two data points. It's just your weight and your height. That's it. Now, if, you, if you're a short guy, then the BMI is probably going to be a little bit more accurate. And if you're a short guy and you're 220 pounds, yeah, you probably definitely overweight there. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless, unless of course, you, you know, if you're a bodybuilder. But if you're not a bodybuilder and you're like 5'8 and you're like 200-something pounds, then, yeah, I don't think no one has that kind of <laughs> lean muscle mass on them naturally. So you're probably in, on the overweight <laughs> Or the obese class, but if you over a certain height, then that's when it it, it it's it it gets tricky. So I feel like that tool, yeah, it should not be used. It should it should be you know if you if you're a soccer player, you're planning to lose weight, and you're looking for an accurate tool to actually guide you in that weight loss process, just to figure out you know the weight scale. Good old weight scale in the morning. First thing in the morning, you wake up, hop on there. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, that's a, that's a better that's a that's a better accurate um measuring tool. Also, um, measuring tapes. You know, I had um I purchased um some coaching sessions just to help me get more muscle. And my my coach, my fitness coach, had me measure uh, my my chest, my gut, my hip, my thighs measure all of that stuff because that yeah. will give you more accurate data because believe me, like you said you said hey yo you didn't have a gut but your cheek got puffy you probably store a lot of fat on your legs as well and your 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 glute like mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah so you people store fat in different places yep. so if yep. you just if you're just looking at the bmi index to figure out whether you're losing weight then you you're missing a lot of data points because you could be, you could also measure, you could take the other tool. You could measure your waist, measure your gut, measure your thigh and figure out, oh, okay. You know, it's just, I'm still kind of like around the same weight, but I'm noticing a difference there in, in terms of like measurement around my waist. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that can actually keep you, um, keep you motivated to lose weight. For example, you said, hey, you, you lost a, 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 a a good amount of weight and the BMI went by like two, two, three points that can be discouraging for a lot of people. Yeah. And I I think we should talk about the, um, the data in general, because for some people, for example, take myself and even Mm -hmm. my dad, like he is motivated every time he goes to his primary care physician (laughs) that (laughs) 
<laughs> it's his inner Haitian. He's like, I'm going to oh prove my. you wrong type of thing. But um, he's motivated. He's like, by the time I get to my PCP, they're going to see that I lost 5, 10 pounds. And I mm. want them to see that. Um, and that that helps to enable him to live an active and healthy lifestyle. Um, it would convinces him to eat salad and, you know, not eat a lot of, of food that, that isn't the greatest for you. Um, but some people, when, when they see the data, when they see the numbers, it, it could drive them into like a, um, an eating disorder. Um, oh, so yeah. it's, it's tough because like for me, yeah, I love, like we're, we're both nerds. We like numbers. We like seeing progress. If things trend up and trend down, we like to know a reason why, and we don't get too bogged up into one data point. Um, because like we're, we're both almost like scientists. Um, but some people, they don't see it that way. And the, they look at the number and they're like, oh man, I'm, I'm completely on the wrong track, yada, 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 a whole mm-hmm. bunch of negative thoughts, emotions. And it leads them to do things that, that may be unhealthy, like, like go into an eating disorder. Um, so it, it's tough, but I do think we have to be careful and, and sensitive to the people that, that don't necessarily see numbers like everybody else. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not. It's not all about them. Like I said before, okay. So, uh, BMI is not gonna. It's not an accurate measurement of um where you fall into the, your weight status. That's just one. Um, there are better. There are better tools that you can measure your circumference, measure your thighs, your your hip, your your gut, your chest. You gotta measure all of that stuff because that gives you uh, multiple data points where you can actually go back and analyze to see. Um, because what usually happens when you're losing weight, especially if you're an athlete, if if they put you in a weight loss program, um, there's probably going to be some strength training involved. And what's going to happen is you start getting muscle and you're losing weight. <laughs> so you go, you hop on a weight scale and you feel like, oh, shoot, like I'm nothing's changed. But that's not true. Like take your circumference, take your thighs, your waist, your 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 gut, your all take all those into account. And you're going to see some changes. Because especially for those people who are really, really keen in on on that weight, that that weight scale number, like it's not mm-hmm. always that number. Because that number doesn't always tell you that you're losing weight. You might be losing a lot of fat, but you're gaining muscle. So that's you training. That's you training towards a positive outcome, but you don't see it. Yeah, yeah, and um, even some of the these skills because they're they're starting to become a little bit more commercial now. Um, these at-home body uh, fat percentage kind of calculators, uh, oh body impedance. Um, so I remember when I was taking exercise phys in, in undergrad, and we we had a, a pretty good lecture on it. Um, and I just wanted to kind of talk about what those kind of tools are and how they might be helpful to other people. Um, and it's important to note, like, sometimes you do get what you pay for, right? If, if you buy a, a $12 scale off Amazon, it's mm-hmm. not going to give you the most accurate body fat percentage no. No, rating. So um, in, in general, if you're, I, I do think it's important to kind of study your body and see where your body tends to um, pack on the pounds to, to, to say for lack of a better phrase, right? Like, for example, my fat goes to my thighs and my butt, right? Uh, my arms, they're not too like it. If I gain 20 pounds, it's not going to show my arms. And I say that because whenever you're choosing any sort of at-home body impedance testing, 
um, you want to make sure that the device is geared toward either your upper body and your lower body. Um, because what happens is whenever you hold one of those handheld body fat uh, percentage readers or you stand on one of those body fat scales, it sends us electrical signal from point A to point B. And it's going to take the path of least resistance. So if you're stepping mm-hmm. on a scale, it's going to go from your left foot, up your left leg, across your pelvis, and down your right leg. It's not going to go to your upper body at all, right? Oh, wow. So if you're someone who tends to um, gain weight in their upper body, being at their chest, their back, or their arms, or whatever, then maybe that scale isn't the best for you because you're not going to be able to see what progress you've made through that. And that's vice versa if you're holding the handheld, right? If, if you tend to put on fat in your lower body, then mm-hmm. it might not show there. Um, of all, above all things, if you ever have access to like a, um, a DEXA, which is like a full body bone scanner type of thing, mm-hmm. or like a full body immersion body pod, something like that. Um, if you have access to that, that's probably going to be your gold standard. Um, on average, I think you can do a DEXA scan. They're, they're in some gyms and some doctor's offices for like 50 to 100 bucks. But I mean, if you're that big into fitness, it'll give you an exact breakdown in terms of body fat percentage for each body region. Um, as well as bone density, which is also very important. Um, so I, I would try and check those out if you can. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's switch gear a bit, right? Let's talk about the actual process of losing weight, especially if you're an adult, um, you play in an amateur league or semi-pro league, and you don't really necessarily have the resources available to you to just like, you know, for example, like have a coach, hire a coach, to actually help you lose weight. So you have to take that process on all by yourself. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, if, if I'm that player, like what, what are my steps? Cause the reason why I'm asking this is I'm putting myself, you know, I'm putting, putting myself in the player's shoes. Right? I never had to actually lose weight. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a blessing in itself. But if I put myself, putting myself as a person who's overweight, for example, I'm Ronaldo number nine, showed up from vacation, I'm like 20 pound overweight and I'm playing for Real Madrid. I can, I have a gut and I can legit see the gut underneath the kit, but I'm still in the starting lineup, which is amazing, by the way. I don't know how he did that, exactly but he did finishing. it. He, <laughs> he did it. He did it. So I'm on there, right? So weight loss for me is not going to be like weight loss for typical, like for most people. Right. Well, what? Let's say I'm not Ronaldo here. I'm like your 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 average semi-poor guy. Weight loss for me is not gonna be like your average, like weight loss, like your average non-athlete person, because mostly what they do is they put you on a calorie deficit. But you still need energy because you're running. You're running a lot. So what is yeah. that process gonna look like? Right. Because I'm like, if you're in that situation, um. Here's what I think will happen. Um, point number one, you're behind because yes, for obvious reasons, you shouldn't you shouldn't show up to camp twenty pounds over like that. Um, that that needs to be addressed um, prior to your arrival because of point number two is like you said, you need energy on the field. You need energy on the field, so you can't be really on a calorie deficit, or if you are, you can't be like drastic. Yeah, yeah, and. One of the things, and I mean, I'll, I'll take, I want your opinion on this too. Um, I found personally that especially 
as since I've left high school, um, as my metabolism dropped a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I find the days that I go and exercise, I tend to eat relatively healthy. Is is that the case for you? I don't know if that's the case for most people, but like, let's say I'm playing soccer at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna eat clean up until then. After that, maybe I'll I'll eat a little bit extra, but at the same time, I just burn 700 calories. So like, I don't. Is that the case for you? No, it's the opposite for me. If I know it's I have a opposite. game and and I I I I'm gonna eat like a pig because I need the calories on the field. Uh-huh. That's just how I think. Because okay. I think, oh, I need car, I need to carb load. So I then I'll yeah. eat lasagna, pasta, like for <laughs> 48 hours before the game, and I'll feel like crap afterwards. But yeah. I was like, man, I'm gonna burn that. I'm gonna burn like 1,200 calories on Saturday. But what you, you're not eating like. If you have a game at 4 p.m., you're not mm-hmm. getting Arby's or Wendy's or anything like that that day. I no, I typically okay. don't get that, so I'm my bad example. Okay. okay. Um, well, maybe this analogy isn't going okay. in the right direction. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was gonna say is, it, it, like, I feel like if and I, I don't have much evidence to back this up, but like, if you're playing five days a week, or you can gonna, you're gonna eat whatever you want because you're playing five days a week. You can, but it's so hard to play five days a week, even if you eat whatever you want and still be over calories. Like it is, it is difficult really. Like I think, but, um, I feel like if you're playing five days a week, Mm. it is truly difficult to gain weight while you're doing that. That And because of that, you're, you're most likely going to be at close to, if not a deficit already. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by the nature of the game, you might lose a few pounds. That um, is true. And again, that's not ideal because you want to be at maintenance phase by then. You don't want to be gaining. You could gain a little bit, but you don't want to be losing weight because that means you're not giving your body enough energy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, if, if you're losing weight, you're not going to be performing at 100%, in my opinion. But Yeah, definitely. If you're playing like three to five, if you're playing like, listen, you're playing five days a week, and that's that's not five games throughout the week. That's like you're training almost almost every day, and you got one or two games at the end of the week. I mean, you're burning enough calories as it is. Like, if you gain weight, like, I, I, I'm going to be shocked. Especially yeah. if, you, if you gain weight, I'm going to be shocked. But the problem was that with that result, if you're playing that many games, that increases your risk for injury. So I definitely do not recommend. That's why I'm uh, I'm so like, go crazy when I see high schoolers playing like several games throughout the week. And I'm like, my God, like you're not even doing any strength training, but yet you're playing all this game. That's a tangent. That's another tangent. Uh, but to to get back to 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 the weight, to the weight though, if you're playing that many games throughout the week, I don't see you. I don't see you gaining weight. I don't see you gaining fat. I don't see you gaining muscle mass either because you're playing too many weight. That's just a lot of load on the body. Now, now that's just when you're young and whatnot and you can afford to actually play that many games. But once you hit like you hit your your mid-20s, you're in your 30s, like you don't have that many games in you for the week, man. No, I don't know about you, but there's no way I can play three times to four times a week. Like I mean, we're talking I, like I, high intensity game. Like we're talking I, like I still got a few years under you. I think I could I think I can get two and a half to three. But um I think what's more important is once you hit your your twenties, your mid twenties, um, soccer is no longer your number one priority. That is true. Right? Like 
you're asking somebody to play three times a week while working 40, 45 hours while raising a kid. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's, not. that's it's not going to work. It's not and, only and you also have to go to the gym, right? You are. So, and your metabolism is not how it's, how it's used to be too. Yeah. The, the thing. So these are the people we're about to speak to and we're about to give some advice to because the rules of, well, you're an active soccer player, you, you, you can't, you can't like uh, you can't eat too much. That doesn't apply to you because you're someone who soccer is now a, a hobby and a method of fitness rather than a true lifestyle. Um, and I think that's something that most people don't don't realize is because they're, they're they still identify as a soccer player, which is yes, entirely true. Um, but you have to realize that like, yo, I'm not burning two to 3000 calories per week by playing soccer. Right. So I, I may have to adjust my lifestyle to reflect that. And diet is a, is a huge part of it. Huge. Um, man. huge. And I mean, I, I think we're at the point now with, if you're probably listening to this episode, you know what you should be eating. You know what you shouldn't be eating. You just I don't think, know how to tweak that formula and 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 make it work, right? So, like, what do you think? Um, I think most people know what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. But the the issue is actually getting into the habit of actually doing it is a problem. Like, for yes. most people, they're like, man, I play soccer. I'm going to play soccer. I play soccer every weekend. I'm healthy. Like, I can burn this. But and then a few years go by, you're still the same weight. Or even then, you lose weight. So your the, the number one thing you really have to address really is not do more activities because first of all you're a little older and you have more responsibility you might not be able to fit the time to do more activities the thing that you can well you can the thing that you can you can change and that's that's well that's I would say easier for you to change but more convenient for you to change is really your diet the question is, how do you get yourself to do it is the pro- is the thing. Like, how can you start? Could it be, can you cut on, can you cut on the amount of food you eat? Can you eat the same food, but cut on the amount? That can get you a result over time. Mm. How much yeah, water are you drinking? Like, yeah. <laughs> yo, you won't be surprised. You're surprised. I mean, every time, man, I, I, I play. I see the amount of people that just do not drink enough. How much water did you? How much water did you drink throughout the day? Yeah, not much. It's like <laughs> probably drink, probably drink, probably yeah. drink some water. Yeah, and it's um, I think once you start to talk to people, yeah, they they do realize what they should be doing. People know they either they they either need somebody to tell them what to do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Or they need some sort of intrinsic wake-up call. Um, Unfortunately, that usually when that happens, when you're older, it's when, like, crisis. Yeah. You're about to die. You have a, you a heart attack. Or you just, like, you get to a point where you can't even keep up with your mate on the field. And that, that's usually the wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes that's not even the case because they'll say they'll chalk it up to eight and say, oh, you're younger. It's like, no, <laughs> that's like, true. <laughs> that's true it's funny because I know 30 year olds with a lot more energy than me. So what's going on? You included. So what's going on there? But um, but yeah, I, I think it's important to also have a, a true fitness regimen lifestyle that is realistic and attainable. Um, 
if you're not one to exercise outside of playing pickup soccer on a regular basis, don't just, you know, magically think that you're going to start going to the gym six days a week. Oh um, my God. That's, that's because <laughs> as much as you say it out loud to yourself, be realistic. And when was the last time you made a change in your lifestyle that was so drastic and it turned out to be successful? Like it, Good point. It doesn't always happen that way. So be realistic, happen. right? And always have a backup plan, especially in regards to playing soccer because, I mean, I've seen it in my own life where I started playing soccer with this group on Sundays. I'm like, oh, that's good for me. I'll plan to do, um, you know, 60 minutes of cardio once a week at minimum, maybe twice. And then I was looking back on my Apple Watch and I'm like, wait, I told myself I was going to go there every week. But in the past three months, I've only been there six times. Why? Because it rained? Because I was out of town? Because I was busy studying? Like you have to have, again, life isn't perfect, right? There's always going to be days where, you know, you won't be able to make it for whatever reason. But for instance, raining, to me, that's not an excuse because you surely have a backup plan in place saying if it rains, I'm going to do this instead, right? And no, you're not playing soccer, but at least you're sticking to your plan. You're sticking to your lifestyle. Um, And that tends to be the, the biggest factor when it comes to getting a successful outcome. The other thing too, um, let me mention this. Um, anytime you do doing um crazy change, right? You're trying to lose twenty pounds, right? So you can get back on the soccer field and and have a little bit more energy and and get a little bit more f- and get faster, right? You're trying to lose. All right, let me lose like twenty pounds this year. Okay, well, twenty pounds is a lot of weight for most people, and if you're looking at the not number, it can be overwhelming. Like you have to. Anytime you're creating some massive change, you have to. It's easier to break it down into like increments. Right, because if you're looking at that big number, and every day you go on the scales and you're not seeing drastic change, that can be discouraging. But you have to make small change. Small, it's it's much more doable to create small changes that will lead to those massive results over time. For your diet, like if you're gonna change your diet, don't just go cold turkey and just cut off all your carbs, cut off a lot of meat, cut off it. It's just too drastic. Your body's not going to pay. Your brain's going to be like, <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to this in a, in a heartbeat. I know I know you. I know you. I know you're not going to do this. So you got to do small increment. Like if you used to eat three portions, eh, cut it down to two and a half for the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. It might not be, it, it might not be, it might not actually lead to like a drastic result, like actual, actual, measurable result on the weight scale and on your all the other um, weight measurement but what are you, what you creating you creating the habit you creating the person that is going to be able to stay at a certain weight like what what I'm trying to say is you're not going to get the result but what you're doing you're creating the habit that's going to create the person that's 20 pound under like Remember, because you're not just losing weight. It's not about you're not just losing weight. You also becoming the person that's on twenty pound under. When what does that yeah, person look like? That person mm-hmm. that's twenty pound less is a person that eats a certain amount, doesn't go overboard. You have to learn to be that person. Once you learn to be that person, then the weight is just magically come with. The the, yeah. the weight loss magically come with it, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's the thing because people focus on the weight. It's not just the weight. You have to become that person that lose that is twenty pound less than what it used to be, and that person have a certain habits that they have that keeps them at that weight. So you have to become that person. 
And also, do you want to be that person? Right? Do you, is that the lifestyle you want to live? Will that give you happiness? Right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody told me, I'll give you a six pack tomorrow, but that means you can never have buffalo chicken pizza again. Oh, hell's no. That that trade ain't happening. <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. Like, no, I, I I don't care. Like, I, if if that's the price I have to pay, then like, yo, I'm sticking with my my buffalo chicken pizza. Like I, yo, buffalo right? chicken pizza is good, fam. It is good. But now, if you if you told me right that like stop eating buff chick for twelve weeks, you'll drop twenty pounds. Oh, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, all right, bet. But Shit. what's gonna happen after those twelve weeks? You know, I'm driving straight to the pizzeria and like eating what's good. <laughs> and then 12 weeks after that, I'm back to right where I started. Why? Because I wasn't comfortable with the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Um, so, yeah, I think you made a really big point there. Yeah. So basically, we got it's at if you in that category, it's it's really going to be a matter of habit and addressing uh, your diet, because that's going to be the one that you can manipulate right off the bat like changing your schedule to go to the gym yeah that's that may be a little bit harder to do but your mm -hmm. your your food you can have a control you can have control on this like right off the bat yep yep and um also let, let's talk a little bit about our, our discussion from before mm -hmm. um from before the podcast when we were both talking about um the the body positivity movement. Um, I, I think this issue is complex. Um, I, I think maybe we can even have a, another conversation on this topic with um, a, a registered dietitian at a later date. Um, I'm not even going to come, come at it from my angle or my opinion mm -hmm. or yours. I'm strictly going to come at it from the perspective of a soccer coach. And I've seen this in multiple environments now where a player comes to try out for whatever team mm -hmm. and before the player even steps foot on the pitch, the coach decides to cut them. And I've seen it for multiple reasons. One, if you're late, right, you're cut. Two, if you show up and you're, you don't have the right uniform or whatever, you're cut. I also see it for, for body size. And for what is perceived as a high body fat percentage, uh, I say perceived because you can't measure it with your eyes, mm. but um, I, I've seen coaches say they legitimately told me I cut him because I think they're too big. Okay. And that that's it. That's the only reason. Um, or that was the, the number one reason that made their decision. Because if you're a coach, right, like you said before, you're looking at 150, 200 players. You're not looking for reasons to select people. You're looking at, at first, reasons to weed them out. And you can select the ones you like later. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit because I don't think that's necessarily right in its entirety. Um, I think there is something valuable to be had there. But at the same time, it's reality. And I feel I like sometimes say. we live in a world where like, yeah, let's let's be nice and love one another, yada, yada, yada. Well, it's not like that when you're trying out for a team when there's 23 spots and there's 100 of you. Right. So what, what do you think? Listen, I'm, I'm going to come at it with this realistic, realistically, uh, just like we, we live in. So if you overweight, right, let's say you're not an athlete. Yes, you, you, you know, just the, the body positivity plays a role. And the role that it plays is just like 
it helps you be confident. Like just because you're overweight doesn't mean that has nothing to do with your confidence. Like you can still be confident and be overweight, but you cannot ignore the issue that comes with with being overweight, with all the comorbidities that come with being overweight. Like let's not let's. <laughs> I feel like it's like you pick the good part about this and then you you forgot the bad side. Like no, like you gotta if you can embrace being overweight, if you can embrace being this this you know being overweight and all that stuff yeah you gotta embrace all of it mm. yes you mm. can yes you yes um i'm i'm still me i'm confident yeah i agree but you also prone to other diseases you have to know this like this isn't no you can't just pick one and leave the other side yeah. now let's let's <laughs> you can't you literally it's, can't like you, true, you yeah. have to accept both you right? have to accept both like yes, but you got to take all the everything that comes with it. You have to take it too. Yeah, you know and it's you know like what? knee I, I pain, you... back pain, um, higher risk for blood pressure, higher risk for this, higher risk for that. You also have to uh, 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 take that mantle. You have to mm-hmm. have to be aware of that. And, and I, if you choose I, I to think... stay like if you if you choose to stay overweight, that is your prerogative. That's your choice. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But accept. Or everything that comes with it. Be aware of that. Now, if I'm moving on to the coach, this I've been a coach, right? I'm I'm not gonna cut a player right off the bat just because they're overweight. No, he's gonna I'm gonna make him do all the drills. <laughs> now I'm gonna make him do all yeah, I'm go you you doing all the drills. And then let's see what your result is. Now let's say you overweight and yet you're still beating everybody, then and then that you you're a freak. Yeah, yeah, and, and I still you might that? take you. Yeah, that's you know, that is, is this what you call that? You're a freak. <laughs> I'm still. Are you making the starting lineup? But if I make you do it and you struggle, then I'm gonna, just going to look at you like, what the hell are you doing? Like, first of all, now if you don't beast out in a trial, even when you're overweight, now that's when I'm going to be like, yo, is this dude full of himself? Like, you show first impression in the beginning. First impression, you can't show up to a camp where you're competing with people. You're competing to make the starting lineup. It's already hard enough. You showed up overweight and you're not beasting. Now, mm-hmm. you can show up overweight, but if you can beast, okay. If you can beast, okay. You're same, I can use the same analogy with um, um, like Antonio Brown. Like the guy is like he's he's a head case. Like this guy is just got so many chances. He's a head case, but he's still gonna make the starting lineup because he's freaking talented. He's talented. Like oh uh, yeah, are you <laughs> are you talented? Like if you're serious? not, you that's, can. That's a serious question. Listen, if you're not talented, you can't just show up overweight. That tells me that you're lazy. That tells me that you know it's a camp. You know it's gonna be competitive, but yet you still decide to show up overweight like either you're just full of confidence or either you what's the word for when you like you don't know anything <laughs> what's that um, like is that not oblivious to it? yeah you are you naive mm. like you cannot show up it's if you get cut you you should accept the consequences like you cannot show up to camp overweight when there's like a lot of guys competing for the spot and they show up mad fit. If 50 people shows up, everyone is mad fit. They're doing the drill. And you over there, like, you can barely, you huffing and puffing. You can barely keep up. What are the chances of you making it? Yeah. Remember, and it's like, it's just, you're selling yourself when you come on the pitch. And if, 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 <laughs> you see, this is what you're doing. You're selling yourself when you come on the pitch. It's like, okay, what does this dude look like? 
you know sometimes it's your it's your skills you know it's your it's your first touch and everything first touch you know how you what's your what's what's your time with changing of direction drills what's this how how you doing with the yo-yo like if you can mm-hmm. beast in all of that man you got a spot but <laughs> you can't tell me you showed up overweight and just like and just bank on on just your skills alone just or your first touch and you no it's yeah no you know what? and what's the most important physical stat of them all oh my god here we go speed right <laughs> like I, I I was gonna say I hate to say it, but I really don't. Um, try running as fast as you can, sprinting maybe eight, 18, 20 meters, and then do it again with the weighted vest. It's it's oh yeah. Same same thing with jumping. Jump as high as you can, and then jump Dude, it again while like I put on a thirty pound right? vest, and then I try to do like jumping jacks. I try to do like burpees. <sighs> Yeah, the effort goes up. Your endurance yo, takes a hit. It is bad, bro. Like I was like, yo, I'm, I'm like, I used to like jump off the ground. Now I'm just like, I'm getting off the ground, but it's like weak. Yeah, it's like and gravity just bring you down quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity's that, not your best friend. That's also not to say like every soccer player should go and lose thirty pounds because that's no, also no, no. not the the answer. I think the answer is what you said earlier. The key is show up fit. And that, that fit metric is going to be different from everybody. Um, and it's going to be multifaceted. It's going to look at your, your overall weight. You're going to look at your body fat. It's going to look at your speed, strength, and stamina. Um, it's going to look at your jumping height. It's going to look at your power. It's going to look at all these sorts of things. And I do think in general, and you see this, I think, at the, the elite level, there, mm-hmm. there is a number and there is a percentage that is right for you. Right. There is a number and a percentage that's like, if you stay here, you will likely play at your physical best. If you go above or below that, your import, your performance will go down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think at the elite level, it's it's often seen that like players want to drop low, low, low body fat. But at the elite level, it's like, oh, well, actually, we measured your body fat every single game of the entire calendar year here is when you perform the best, That's right? That's crazy. They even and have it's stats. like, okay. okay, now we know your percentage. We know you, you're an 8% guy, but you, you're 11, right? If you're a keeper, right, you're going to need a little bit more beef, right? You got to mm-hmm. protect yourself. You can't oh you God. can't play if you're injured. So it, it's okay. Maybe the keeper is 13, 14. Um, finding that number, it, it's something that's, that's close to impossible to do on your own. Um, but instead, just go by how you feel, right? there is no more powerful metric than that. And in some cases, so it's like you play a game and take your perform, not take your performance out of it, but just because you score six goals, it doesn't mean you perform to us physically is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's tough to find that number and play with it a little bit. I think that's okay to do too. Um, and yeah, see, see what kind of what comes out of it. Yeah. Well, on that note, man, I don't know how, Hazard went to Real Madrid overweight. I I don't know how he did it. Yeah, like yeah, dude show up in training camp overweight. Like like he's not going to like a club that's bigger than Chelsea. Like I I don't like the arrogance. <laughs> the arrogance. Is he playing? Like, I haven't watched a Real Madrid game. You know. In you know what? Time. I ha- I haven't been watching. I've been following them. Um, he's lost his spot to Vinicius Jr. for the oh, foreseeable oh, future. Yeah, yeah. You know, Vinicius Jr. is hitting a stride right now. You, you're not going to yeah. bench him. It's um, 
it's unfortunate, but um, that's the thing that that's what you were to say. Like the first impression. Yeah. Like you you can't you showed up, you can't show up at Real Madrid training camp and Zidane is the coach. Zidane yeah. is the coach, and then mm-hmm. you decided <laughs> Zidane is the coach and you show up overweight. Now is that even if Zidane like you, now he's gonna be like, yo, who the hell is this guy is? Yeah, yeah. Like and if now he's like he's like, yo, I can't mess with this guy. Like he's, he's not taking this seriously. Like he's not a professional. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the word. You're mm-hmm. not a professional. Mm-hmm. When you showed up in those camp and you're not prepared physically, mentally, you're not a professional. Mm-hmm. Like because this this job is a it's this is a profession. But there there are some players where it's like they, they honestly they it's to their their advantage to play heavier. Um, mm. Akinfenwa, who plays mm-hmm. in um, the championship, the championship or League One in uh, in England, um, I believe he's like the biggest player, professional player on record. Um, I think he's like two thirty mm-hmm. pounds. Um, like he he is someone where it's like, yeah, you're you're a sixteen percent body fat guy. If you go lower. Now you're not able to express your talent uh, yeah, you can. Um, because you're, you're, you're too <laughs> small, that's, right? Like, that. That's true. The, the, you have a gift that nobody else in the world has, but if you drop below a certain percentage, you can't express that gift. Um, and I, I, I think that's the same angle that Eden Hazard takes to it too, is like once he's a little bit heavier and he's overweight, he's not able to express his talent. And that's yeah. when it becomes a problem. It's, it's, it's a problem. And not only that too is the first impression, the coaches. Because you remember, you you enough, you're in a competitive team. Like everyone's trying to take your spot week in and week out. And you tell me you show up, you the first day you don't show up right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's 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 something. Yeah, but, um, that is something, man. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot more than we planned. But um, I I guess in summary, point number one is. Um, whenever you're trying to lose weight, really take a look at your lifestyle and see what's doable to change, see what's not, because um, you'll find that if you kind of just take a blanket approach to eat right and exercise, you're going to try and do all these major changes that you likely won't be able to do sustainably. Um, Point number two, recognize that that data is data. And Mm -hmm. some people interpret data differently than others. And if you happen to be someone who has a, a negative relationship with, with numbers or, or pounds on the scale, then um, work with somebody to help you navigate through the process of losing weight while doing so without going into a, 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 some sort of eating disorder. And point number three <laughs> very, is very like, well yeah, you got you to gotta find a, a, a weight and body fat percentage that, that works well for you. And that number is different from everyone. And you have to to really take the time to find it and really do an analysis of like, okay, when did I play at my best physically and what were my stats and numbers then? Um, and maybe use that as a target instead of just aimlessly going on to lose more and more weight when there's going to be a point where that weight loss will be detrimental. There we go. That's it, guys. That's it. Give us a five-star review. Yes, five stars. Share with a friend. Share with a teammate. Um, And yeah, thank you all for listening. And we'll we'll see you all soon. Peace out.